It's Brunch with the Hollowells. Here's a quote from Sean. All this talk of true love's kiss, it really does bring out the worst in me. You know if I'm going to remain queen, I need a story for when I get back home. Hmm, what if a giant bee showed up and killed everyone? (laughs) This, I don't know her name, but this sounds like Susan Sarandon's witch on Enchanted. Tell me I'm right, tell me I'm right. Well, Rob, this is Queen Nerissa, played by Susan Sarandon from Enchanted. (laughs) Yes! Yes! I've got one! (laughs) You did it! (laughs) Oh my god, that was so... That was such a good quote. She is so good. And she looked flawless in it. She did. And there is more to the quote, but she basically names herself, so that's why I stopped where I did. But I think I gave enough. (laughs) No, I thought you did great. Here's the thing. I have a question for you. When you see some of these women, I would put Susan Sarandon in a higher tier category. When they are either working with Disney or playing such a high fantasy character, do you feel that they are sort of, not to say demoted, but like, do you feel like this is beneath me? Like, I'm obviously an Oscar winner or I've been nominated and you have me playing a witch with a ton of makeup on and some outfit in these heels that I can't walk in. Like, do you feel like they phone in their performances or do they feel less than when they get asked? Um, I can definitely see that, but then I don't know. Cause you see like, for example, Meryl Streep was the witch in, um, into the, into woods. the woods. Yeah. So I think, in my opinion, the best actors and actresses are the ones with range. So I think if they're smart, they know that they need to do the movies where they're dressed up like fantasy creatures being ridiculous. And they need, and then they need to like back that up with like an Oscar movie if they want to stay in the complete public eye. Okay, that's a great way to look at it. I don't see it as a demotion. I mean, I'm biased because I enjoy these type of films, but... I think it's a privilege to play in a kid's movie every once in a while, especially if you have kids. And I I, I don't see anything wrong with taking a role like that. Now, if it's not backed up with a good script or story, then yeah, that would piss me off. But I, with her character and as an example, I, I, I think it's great that she was able to play, you know, a role like that and still have fun with it. I, it looked like she enjoyed herself, right? Yeah, I would go out on a limb and say, like, I think the actors probably have so much more fun playing the Queen Nerissas than playing, you know, like, in Stepmom, where she was, what, dying of cancer, I think, or something. That's probably not a a very fun role to play, but (laughs) again, it's great for her career, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good quote. Good, good one. You're a good quote. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. This is Brunch with the Hollowells, everyone. Thank you for coming back to us once again for another episode. We hope that you were at home staying safe, being cautious of your surroundings, and also taking this um, COVID-19 very seriously. We are going to continue to do the show as much as we can while we can. And um, it definitely keeps me busy while I'm isolated in my home. Uh, How is it going over there for you, Sean? It's good. This week they started letting us work from home. So um, I'm here playing video games in between calls or the other day I cleaned the house and like got some DVDs and video games organized. So I'm making the best of my at home lockdown. 
You know what I did? I'm adding more to my plate, giving me something to do while I'm here at home. I ordered Animal Crossing. Oh. <laughs> now, I've only played this game once, and I didn't get it. I didn't understand the longevity of it, but I'm going to give it another shot. Everyone seems to love this game, and I have a feeling it's a very time-consuming succubus. So, <sighs> do you play this? I don't no I, like with the I haven't tried it yet. Um Anthony bought it and he's been playing it. So I've been kind of watching him as he buys new items. Like the other day he bought a face mask which I thought was very true to life. Um, <laughs> but I'll probably try it someday. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, I hear, I hear, I hear it's fun. So I'm going to give that a shot. I just ordered it. They're going to ship it to me soon and we'll go from there. But yeah, I've been adding a lot to my plate as far as TV and everything, so doing okay on that front. It just gets lonely. You're very lucky to have two roommates living with you that can keep you company during this. Believe me, I'm very thankful for it. And I think it's a blessing and a curse because like, we are having to make sure to check in with each other. Like, Is it okay if this person comes over? Like, Are you staying safe also? Because if one of us gets it, then... All three of us in this house will probably get it. Yeah, be careful with that. Uh, Okay, well, we don't have any witch news this week, so we should just get to our episode. This is a page from the past. The air date originally was January 17th, 2002. This was written by Daniel Cerrone, directed by James L. Conway. We have some special guests, including Sherman Howard as Clyde. M. Scott Wilkinson as Mr. Matthews, Lisa Dar as Mrs. Matthews, and Alan Alex Breckenridge as Michelle Miglas. Do you recognize that name, Sean? No. <laughs> kind Probably of. the most recognized person today out of the list of guest stars, and we will talk about her when she arrives. Uh, This episode scored 3.4 million viewers, which is not on average. This episode did not get watched very well back in the day, but we'll see what Sean thinks about it. Cole is detained at the police station for driving without a license. Daryl has covered for him, but is angry due to all the open cases. Paige and Piper come for him. As they leave, they see a car flip over and catch fire. Piper freezes the car, and she and Cole rescue the driver, but Paige has frozen in her own way and watches the scene terrified. I have to say, when that car exploded and she froze it, like, that looked really cool the way they were kind of, like, moving in space around the frozen car. So, props to the effect department. Very nice. You like the effects. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, since you brought up the car scene... Uh, <laughs> I have to point out the music that was playing. <laughs> it just, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it wasn't bad, but it just was really reaching for a dramatic effect. But I don't know. It was just the choice of music they were using. It just seemed a little cheesy, but yes, I felt Paige's pain. Uh, did you have any idea why she froze at that moment? If you can remember. Um, I figured there was some sort of, like, traumatic car crash in her past. I just didn't know exactly what it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they mentioned 
the reason I earlier, but they didn't say how. So I guess this would still comes to a shock to people who are just watching it for the first time. And, you know, she wasn't dealing with the demon or anything. So it's very shocking that she would freeze at a moment like this. But uh, how natural it was for Cole and Piper to jump on this the minute they see people in trouble is still very cool. Again, so different than when we first saw these witches. And it's so easy for them to run towards danger or any possible, you know, risk to their lives. Uh, now I want to jump back to Daryl and Cole, who are nominating themselves for a spinoff series. And <laughs> uh, they have their own, you know, shenanigans going on, bickering at each other like the odd couple. Daryl admits that he feels taken for granted and advantage of and never gets a thank you. What do you think about that? Do you think that he should be bitching about like how often he's being used since it is for the greater good or do you think the sisters are actually taking advantage of his kindness hmm that's a good question because you're right he is a policeman so like it's his job to keep people safe and protect them but at the same time he is risking his neck and his job to help the sisters so yeah they can be a little more grateful i think i mean just see how piper who is becoming a little bit snug smug at this point like she does a lot of things that are like she feels very superior towards others i'm guessing i love the girl but this episode she was really showing a little bit of this seniority towards others like she walks in and she's immediately like cole you are never barring my car ever okay got it let's go you know like she didn't want to hear him out she didn't want to hear anything she was like never again right Right. Then she does not say a thing to Daryl. I don't remember a word even being uttered in his direction. And they all just leave. Not a thank you at all. And that's something to pay attention to. Daryl has a lot going on. He does not have time to deal with demon shit or magic stuff 24-7. And it's kind of messed up to believe that he's just going to be there every single time, right? Right. Yeah. And Cole was showing a little bit of his white privilege today, getting arrested <laughs> for not having a license and being like, it's about fucking time somebody handles me. You know, it's just like, bitch, you didn't even have to be put on bail. You didn't have to get out of this. Like, he just assumed it was all going to go away. Piper and Phoebe worry about Paige, and Leo tells them what he thinks might be wrong. Paige's adoptive parents had died in a car wreck. And Piper and Phoebe find Paige at work and try to confront her. Paige takes the rest of the day off and returns to the manor with her sisters. Meanwhile, Cole returns to the SFPD to meet up with Daryl unannounced. Cole decides that he wants to help Daryl solve some open cases. Daryl immediately refuses, refuses, trying to forcefully throw him out of the building, but is then pulled away by Cole into an office where the two of them can talk in private. And that is when Cole says he needs to get back in the game. The office they are speaking in just so happens to be the captain's office. So the captain walks in and they both seize and one after the other exits the room without any agreement to work together. Uh, Paige then talks about uh, her upbringing and how she was as a teenager, which was very rebellious and cruel to her adoptive parents. She had told them that they weren't her real parents just before they died, and she doesn't know how she survived the crash. 
Leo summons Clyde and reminds him of a favor that Clyde owes him. Clyde opens a door and sends Leo off with Paige to relive the past to find out exactly how she survived the crash and to give her a little bit of closure um, to her parents' death. Before Clyde leaves, two ghostly blobs appear in the attic and one of them enters into Phoebe. Speaking with a very thick southern accent, she tells the other blob, Frankie, that she'll find a body for him soon. All right, so what did you think of Clyde in this scenario or solution to Paige's worries? Um, I think it's interesting. I didn't foresee, I guess I should have, because everything's always bigger and magical than what it sounds like it's going to be. But mm-hmm. I didn't guess that Paige was actually going to go back to her past and relive it. I just thought we were going to be kind of told her past through flashbacks. So it definitely brings an interesting aspect to it. Okay. Well, I figure it's sort of a rite of passage because, you know, the rest of the sisters were kind of reverted back to their teenage years. Well, not all of them, but just, you know, there's always a reminder of, you know, what happened to them in high school. But I see what you're saying, though. Uh, <laughs> I guess with this show with magic, you got to take it literally because you hit the plot right on the nose. It's just you thought it was going to be flashbacks and not literal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so earlier in this scene, we also find um, Phoebe talking with uh, Piper and Leo and they are... I guess discussing sort of the marriage proposal and how he hasn't answered her yet. And he doesn't feel that, you know, she doesn't really have him because she, he wants to go out and be alive and be human and do something and be the man that, you know, she fell in love with. So do you think Cole is putting a lot of pressure on being married as if it's obvious that she would say yes it's just a matter of when or would it actually be okay for her to say no hmm i don't know i think if she said no it might damage the relationship because you're right he is putting a like a lot into her saying yes oh i guess i don't know because for me with marriage you know not everybody gets to that place at the exact same time and like you mentioned last week people sort of discuss it before asking it but what if somebody isn't ready is that a sign that you need to break up or does somebody just need to catch up i personally don't think it's a sign to break up but i know it can do a lot of damage to relationships so that's why with with how much pressure he's putting on it, like, I'd be worried for... Well, I mean, personally, I'd be happy because I don't want her with him, but (laughs) for the relationship, I don't Mm -hmm. know if if he would stick around if she said no. I think he'd question, like, are you ever going to be ready? Yeah. Uh, Leo also gets some points in this for reading Phoebe like filth. She basically analyzes her and says, like, you have to really choose to be a grown-up and you've also been in this safety net of Cole being a demon, which means you've never had to really look for a permanent future with him. Now that he's human, you have some explaining to do and you need to, you know, the ball's in your court, basically. I really like that read and Phoebe was even like, shut the fuck up, Leo. I don't want to hear anymore because you're right. Do you agree with Leo's assessment? 
Oh, I totally agree. That was on the nose. And I actually have someone in my life who's like that for a long time. She would have a crush on someone who lives in London or she'd have a crush on someone who's not accessible. And that's what the pattern kept being. So I can see where that can really hit home to people in their real life, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But Leo also loses points because he was told some in confidence, but is so freaking obvious about having a secret under his belt. Like him looking into his coffee and being like, oh, she told me in confidence. Oh, what did he tell you? And then he just blurts it out. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, thanks, Leo, for keeping my secret. (laughs) Yeah, that was um, bad. He's been good about like staying quiet in the past. So like they should have just not made this a secret and just had him be like, oh, this is what happened. Well, that's the other thing, too. I think Leo just wanted to tell anyway, because he felt that it wasn't really right to keep it from the sisters anyway. So it was his stupid way of just like being baited into telling her, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think he wanted to anyway. That's Uh, Daryl. Daryl also mentions that without energy balls, he could take Cole. Do you believe that? Oh, I don't think so. Cole's been around for a long time, and he's learned different fighting techniques. So I think even without magic, he would win. I agree. I think Cole would totally whoop his ass. <laughs> but <laughs> not to say that Daryl can't fight. I just see a little bit more of a sinister way of doing it. Like, Cole might be a biter. He may even Ooh. go the distance on, like... <laughs> he might even go the distance of, like, playing dirty. Put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, also, as Paige was giving her uh, sort of monologue on how her parents died, this scene was so fucking good. I loved how the camera just pans and closes in on her as she's telling the story. She's crying. She's literally inside of her head telling this story. She's not looking at the camera, the sister. She's just like embedded into this story that she's telling about her parents. And I have something about that scene at the end of the episode that I'll read for you. But what did you think about this scene as she's telling her story? Um, I agree. I think Rose McGowan definitely showed her acting chops in this episode. And I I feel like it was a very believable loss of family and retelling of the past. So I was I was in it with her. I do also want to point out how Piper's immediate reaction to this. Well, don't you think it's time to move forward? And I was like, bitch, who needed to turn into a fucking tattooed fury in order to get over her sister? Like, (laughs) how dare you just be like, well, it's time for you to move on. I'm like, Piper, Jesus Christ. Like, you just lost somebody. You should definitely understand what how long it could take for somebody to get. Oh, I I mean, she didn't ask her to get over it, but I was just like, wow, (laughs) damn, that's a little harsh after telling such a hardcore story. Piper comes off a little bit cold in this whole episode. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And, you know, the fact that Paige had to kind of go through this grieving process by being like a target to her anger and animosity, like this is not the best time to just tell somebody to move on. But I'm wondering if it's because of how long she's had to process this, you know, given that she died, they died when she was a teenager, you know? Right, 
Paige finds herself in her old bedroom and realizes she's a teenager again. Her father knocks on the door and discovers that Paige has been smoking. Paige tries to convince her parents that she's changed, but they believe it's an act. Paige doesn't give up and says that they need to talk, and Mr. Matthews agrees, saying that they will have a discussion over family dinner. Paige gets very worried, starting to remember what happened at family dinner, and Leo, who can only be seen by Paige, warns her not to do anything that will change the past. Frankie lurks in the manor and then enters Cole. That sounds weird saying that, and then enters Cole, <laughs> only on Charmed. <laughs> <laughs> who starts speaking with a thick southern accent as well. It turns out the blob that possessed Phoebe is Lulu, Frankie's fiance. The two kiss and hug, and Piper notices. The two say that they have a job left unfinished 50 years ago. Paige attends a history class and is bored to tears. She gets up and walks out of the classroom to the cheers of the other students and is confronted by a security guard. A cute security guard. Um, right. Okay, so a lot to unpack in this one. First of all, Sean, do you believe that you were a rebellious teen or were you righteous? Um, I was very rebellious in my own way because the way that I wanted to present myself, I was very like kind of goth, like scene kid. Like I was wearing, like, I think I said this on the show before, but I was wearing like eyeliner and nail polish. And like for my dad's, straight lace like american model citizen he didn't like that he thought it was very gay he thought it was very femi and i wasn't doing drugs or alcohol or anything like that until much later in life well i don't even do hard drugs i shouldn't even say that but um (laughs) i would rebel in the fact that i wanted to look a certain way and they didn't want me to and it got very heated in the household over that and i was like you guys should just be thankful that you have a kid who's not getting into trouble with the law or anything. I always said that to my dad too. Uh, you know, the the worst thing that I ever did was sneak into movies for free, right? And, you know, it kept me out of the house and not under, you know, them all the time. But I said the exact same thing. I had a mouth. I talked back to my dad a lot. I will pro- I could probably go to a therapist and find out that I never respected him in my life. And it showed like I talked back to him so much and sometimes he would really pull the father card on me and I was spoiled to a certain degree. But like there were a lot of things that I didn't like because I had such this like need for basic respect, regardless of the fact that he is my authority figure, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. And whether I was right or wrong, I demanded it and I would always talk back to him. But at the same time, never got in trouble, never failed a class, always went to school. Like I never gave him a reason to disrespect me in any way. And like anytime he would talk down to me, it, it yeah, it just bugged me. But other than that, I was a saint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but once again, we see Piper who cannot get it she just doesn't she she almost had it she did it last week she was fine this week back to normal you've got two people talking in southern accents eating cake with their hands and she still thinks they are the same (laughs) (laughs) i just i don't get it i don't know why she can't figure it out but um it's funny that even if she did think that they were the same she literally told Cole to pick a different pet name for her sister. 
whose relationship is this again, Piper? It's not yours. And she demanded, like, don't call her that. I was like, woman, mind your business. And that, to me, would have been the time that I would have pulled a knife on her myself. Right. That's weird. I would never, like, tell my sister's significant other, like, you call her something else. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Um, she was just like, you sound like a poodle. I'm like, well, God, something's wrong. Something is happening. I don't know what's going on. Piper is not having a good day today. Um, but we also meet uh, Paige's friend, Michelle. So this is Alex Breckenridge. Did you recognize her at all? Nope. Okay. So I don't know if you would remember this. The biggest thing that I can think of that you would know her from is American Horror Story and This Is Us. Do you watch? Did you watch the first season of um, American Horror Story? Of course I watched Murder House. Who do you think you're talking to? Hey, I'm talking to somebody that doesn't know who Alex Breckenridge is. So she <laughs> played the younger made version ghost. Okay. I know who you're talking about. Okay. That's her. She's been on some other stuff too, um, but she's currently on This Is Us right now playing a supportive character who kind of pops up here and there. Uh, she was also in The Walking Dead and she was in She's the Man. Do you remember She's the Man? I don't think I saw She's the Man. Oh, that's such a good movie. You have to watch that one day. Uh, she also has a recurring role um, on Family Guy. Uh from 2005 till today she is still playing people on family guy but uh yeah that is uh alex breckenridge she changes her hair color a lot so sometimes you really have to really pay attention to her face if you want to recognize <laughs> her but um yeah that's her so i just have one thing to say about Paige's look in the past oh yes let's talk about that um, the one name comes to mind, um, Fern Mayo. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so if you don't know, listeners, um, Rose McGowan was in Jawbreaker, and one of the characters is Fern Mayo, and her hair is exactly the same. She wears, like, that same green jacket. It's almost so exact that I'm like, I think they did it on purpose to, like, call back to her movie. They might have. Um, they didn't have a Marilyn Manson poster in her room. I think she had Ozzy Osbourne. What did you think of her taste? Um, I'd definitely be friends with her in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Daryl has found Frankie and Lulu in the database. They were a Bonnie and Clyde-like couple who robbed a series of jewelry stores in the 50s. He and Piper head to the jewelry store where Frankie and Lulu had been shot dead frankie and lulu go to the same store and frankie punches the security guard and takes his gun he shoots the display case and leo steals the ring or a ring the guard gets up and frankie shoots him in the leg before escaping with lulu piper and daryl arrive and piper freezes the crowd to steal the surveillance tape again because the law is just not it's just non-existent in her world and a cop tells Daryl that Frankie and Lulu have knocked off a bridal store. And Piper realizes that the job that they were meaning to do is get married. 
All right, so what do you think about this side plot? Do you think it's a waste or is this entertaining to fill the gap? Um, I think it definitely feels a little bit like it's filling a gap, but at the same time, it really reminds me of an episode in season two of Buffy. Do you know where I'm going with this? No, go on. I think so I know where go on. There's the episode where it's Angelus, so he's evil, and him and Buffy both get possessed by um, students who had died in the school, who had never gotten to like profess their love to each other. Oh. So, right? Yes. So I feel yeah. like it's just, it's very similar in that we're moving forward the plot in the characters realizing something through a possession. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I want to point out Cole's comb over when he gets taken over by Frankie. Did you notice this hair? Uh, I don't think I did. I was not a fan, but this comb over was legit. <laughs> I, I I guess this is who Frankie was back in the day. Too bad they didn't have pictures or actors to play them, but that would have been interesting to see. Uh, but I want to commend Cole for an amazing uh, Southern accent accent over his Australian accent when he's usually playing an American accent on television. I think he did an amazing job with his voice change in this one. Uh, I just also want to point out that Phoebe likes the idea of getting married once the ring is put on Lulu's quote unquote finger. So that I just love how they had to just put that right in there. So it sounds like the idea of marriage sounds great but Phoebe just can't say yes. Um, do you think there's anything else that you would have thought of as to why Phoebe just didn't want to get married? Um, I think it's just a big step to take. And since it's very, you know, final, she's probably just scared. But then once she feels what it's going to be like with the ring on her finger, it probably just washed a lot away and made her realize, like, it's going to be what it's going to be. I just need to jump in and do it. Yeah. This made Phoebe look like a gold digger to me. <laughs> For her <laughs> to get all excited once a ring got on her finger, I'm like, gold digger. <laughs> Leave her alone. <laughs> um, but I love Daryl's line. She's like, do you people ever have normal marriages in this family? <laughs> <laughs> I really like that line. That was good. Paige feels guiltier than ever. She is determined to save her parents' life over Leo's objections. She is suspended from school. She tries to reconcile with her parents and thinks she has succeeded in saving them. Instead of driving up their original, instead of driving to their original destination, they go home in the car and it drives out in front of a truck. Paige finds herself tumbling on the pavement as the truck hits the car. Paige now knows how she survived. She orbed. Leo tries to comfort her while they look to the crushed car. All right. A lot to unpack here. So, Sean, we find out how Paige survived the crash. Does this scene remind you of anything? Wait, is it supposed to? Yes, it is. What? What does it remind me of? <laughs> it, will, um, it will fill in our quota for our X-Men reference. So, do you remember how Jean Grey survived her parents' death? Oh, yeah. Okay, I can see it now. I'm with you. 
(laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. The minute I saw this, I immediately thought about Jean Grey, how she survived the car crash, given that she has powers at a young age and didn't know about it. Uh, What did you think about this scene, how it played out? Um, Wait, wait. So the Jean Grey thing, that happened in the Dark Phoenix movie, right? Yes. Okay, that's why. Because her parents survived in the comics that's why i wasn't getting it and i tried to block the dark phoenix out of my mind (laughs) (laughs) no sorry i just meant visually how they had a car crash and she used her powers to survive no yeah i can see the scene in my head now that you mention it so i'm with you i'm there okay (laughs) um but yeah the scene was um very dramatic very well done um i like the idea and we talked about this kind of in our final destination um, episodes on Movie Geek and Proud, but I like the idea of like the world, the universe, you know, death, whatever you want to call it, writing itself when there's a wrong. Like her parents were destined to die and she was destined to survive, whether the elders had a hand in it. Well, actually, they probably wouldn't because they didn't even know she was a white lighter. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. she needed to survive to complete the three. Yeah. No, I I really enjoy enjoy this scene as well. Uh, It it was very well played out. I believed her pain and Leo trying to be sort of that quantum leap guy, just guiding her but not really telling her what to do. And also, you know, Paige made a decision to try and save their lives by going to a different destination. And, you know, just like you said, fate would have it. No matter what you do, you can't escape what's supposed to happen, you know? Right. Do you think Paige was right in trying to save her parents and change history? Um, I don't think it should ever be tampered with because had she saved them, um, everything could have turned out very differently. Who's to say that she wouldn't have continued to be a bratty teenager getting whatever she wanted and then that may have led her to be evil? Yeah, I mean, she's not going to live out the rest of her life starting at the teenage age that she's at. So it's not like she gets a do-over. She's just saving her parents, but she would still be the same teen she was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Daryl and Piper track down Frankie and Lulu to a church where Frankie is holding a priest at gunpoint. Piper tries to freeze the scene, but only f- the priest freezes. Frankie turns and shoots at Daryl, who shoots back, wounding him. The ghostly blobs leave, and now Phoebe and Cole are themselves again. Daryl ushers the priest away, and Piper summons Clyde. Leo and Paige return from the past, and Leo heals Cole, and Clyde recognizes Frankie and Lulu and sends them back through the time door. Cole once again asks, Phoebe to marry him and she finally accepts uh Sean what did you think of Clyde um I thought he was fine he looked like a bum but I liked his (laughs) demeanor (laughs) there's something charismatic about Clyde I really liked his character he was funny he was also evil but there was a huge comedic side to him like I could see him hosting like an anthology show of just telling the stories of all the ghosts he has in his door. There's just (laughs) something about him. Like he just has more story. I want to know how I want to see it played out, how Leo owes him a favor and vice versa. Like, I I don't know. I just like him. I just think he's funny. Um, Maybe you just like bums. (laughs) 
<laughs> that could be. So over dinner, the sisters discuss Paige's accident, and she is very sad that her parents didn't see how she turned out. And then Leo appears with the parents' ghost, apparently another favor from Clyde. And Phoebe, I mean, and Paige gets to embrace a hug from her parents and most likely saying goodbye for the last time. Uh, I do enjoy this scene because during dinner, they all celebrate um, Phoebe and Cole's engagement. But Paige makes sure that her drink is apple cider or I can't remember what drink she said, but she made sure it was non-alcoholic. So I think it's great that they are keeping her sober and that they are also pointing that out each time there is a possibility to. Right, I agree. Uh, all right, so that was a page from the past. Sean, what did you think of this week's episode? Um, Actually, I would say that when it started on Cole just you know, being in the jail and when it introduced Frankie and Lulu is a little bit jarring for me. Like I didn't instantly know what was going on and I did kind of have that feeling like, did I miss something? Did I blink? Um, so those were just small detractors. Overall though, I would say I really like this episode and I like it from the standpoint that as a show for mostly teenage girls, we get to see kind of the parent side of things like they're so worried about um, Paige and the way she's living her life and they just care so much for her. So I think that's a very good message to show the target audience. And I like that we got to see that side of it. And I also like that we got to have closure with um, Paige's story and having the parents come and just that idea that like even if you lose a parent, they're still watching over you and they know that you're living your best life. So I liked it. Awesome. Awesome. Is it worth the wait? I would say it's worth the wait. Oh, and the Frankie and Lulu stuff was fun too because I love both <laughs> of those actors. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed this episode too. This was a very good example of Paige's range and acting ability and I would hope by this episode, we would then accept Paige as a charmed one and also a person, Rose McGowan, who is on this show. You know, we all miss Prue. We still want her to be on the show. We know the show would be different if she was still alive. But, you know, we, we have a replacement and I think that she is a form formidable... I can't, is that the right word? She, she, she's an acceptable person and role to take over as third sister. And I think this episode for me, I turned a corner and was like, okay, they're making Paige a lot stronger and more vulnerable and, and also a part of the family and that they, the writers are paying attention that Paige is still a character that we still need to get to know. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so some notes that I got from this episode. Uh, this is the only episode where you'll see Paige's name in the title. Uh, this is the sixth time that one of the sisters has been possessed, and the fourth time that they've actually time-traveled. <laughs> uh, it is revealed that Paige could orb as a teenager, which is uh, what saved her life from the same fate as her adoptive parents. So sh I'm going to post this on Instagram uh this week after this episode post but i'm going to show this to you sean i'll text it to you 
in the ad, the WB ad that showed on this episode, Rose McGowan's head was edited on a season two promo of Alyssa Milano's body. Oh, no. And I looked up the picture and it is so obvious this photo was photoshopped. I don't know why they felt they needed to do this. Maybe they ran out of time, but it is so obvious and I can't wait to show you all this picture. It is so bad. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the scene where Paige is explaining what happened to her parents was an additional take that wasn't going to be used. It was filmed by production team after two previous takes. So the second time was the original was going to be the original um, that they were going to use. But the producers and directors wanted to film this scene one more time. They told Rose Rose that uh, they had the scene, but they just wanted to do one more just to see how far Rose could do it. Believing that take two was going to be the one that they use, Rose let it all out and surprised everyone with what she did, leading to the fact that they decided to use the third take in their final production. So, again, another reason why Rose McGowan is the tits. (laughs) (laughs) The tits, huh? I know. (laughs) no i just i just think that's awesome and it's it's cool when like directors and producers like push their actors to like do different ways and different things and and she can invoke that type of emotion out of her so i thought that was awesome so sean this one's for you did you notice uh when leo is summoning clyde by insults he says my sister um get he says Get your butt down here, you fetched worm from the bog of eternal stench. You know where that came from. Oh, I missed that, but that's totally Labyrinth. Yes, that is Labyrinth. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it was like a nod to that, but he definitely got that from Labyrinth for sure. <laughs> Uh, and so um, in high school, Paige's friend Michelle says morbid much. In the pilot episode of Buffy called Welcome to the Hellmouth, Cordia Chase uses the exact same phrase. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, those are the notes for this episode. We hope you all enjoyed that one. I think it's time to judge some men. What do you think, Sean? I love judging men indiscriminately. (laughs) All right. Let's do Hot Man Meter. All right, Sean, there were a lot of smaller players in this episode, but we do have a long list of men to go through. Hopefully they are still fresh in your mind. Let's start with uh, Sherman Howard as Clyde. Does this bum make your top 10? Um, I don't want to take him away from you, Rob, so I'm going to let you take him. Yeah, because only one of us are allowed to have him. Okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> well, he's not on my list, so what now? Do you want him on your list? No, it's okay. I just I feel like <laughs> since you already talked about him, I don't want to take any thing You're away. You're funny. Okay, <laughs> fine, whatever. All right, how about M. Scott Wilkinson? He played Mr. Matthews. Um, No, I'm sorry, Mr. Matthews. 
He's not going on my list either. He's a father, but he's not a daddy. So (laughs) (laughs) I am going to pass on Mr. Matthews. Uh, So how about Mr. Martin? This is the asshole teacher who calls his students delinquents to their faces. This is played by Larry Brandenburg. Um, He gives me PTSD of my high school years, so I can't be around him too much more. (laughs) If only I saw him smile, he may have had a chance. He's not (laughs) going on my list. (laughs) All right, how about Hottie's security guard? Now, keep in mind, you were at a full 10, Sean, but does this security guard played by Bradley James make your list today? He was cute, and I noticed him, but he's not as cute as my 10. I will... 100% agree with that. I do want to point out he was fucking beautiful, but not hot enough. Uh, How about our uniform cop? Now, this is the guy that was in the jewelry store and told Piper and Daryl that this couple has been knocking off bridal stores. This is played by Dwayne McCopson. McCopson, what do you know? Um, Does this gentleman make your top 10 list? You said he was the one talking to Daryl in the jewelry store? Yeah, he was the the okay. uh, black cop. Oh, somebody had to say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was so handsome, and I would love to have him on my list, but I already have a pretty strong list, but he's very cute, too. Yes, I would agree. Uh, Leo is my number 10, and I think Leo is more attractive than our cop, so I'm going to keep my list the same. We have two more people left. Time Winters as Chaplain. Chaplain, I believe, is our preacher in the church who was held hostage. Does he make your top ten list? Ooh, you know how I feel about church. (laughs) So, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's not going to make my list either. We have one more person. How about Captain Hicks? Wait, how about the captain? Played by Tommy Redman Hicks. This is, he's shown up before on the show. Um, he didn't make our list last time. How about this time? Does Not he make your top time. ten? Not this time. Wow, all of these guys and nobody makes our list this week. We must have a very solid ten. We do. Yeah, no, I'm loving my men. I can't think of anybody who's going to challenge them, but we'll see. Now, this was a big list. One of these guys had to make one of our listeners' lists. Update your list, everyone. Make sure that you profile every single person in this episode as far as men. And um, if anybody makes your list, make sure to put them on your top 10. And remember, we will be collecting your list at the end of the season to make one big, charmy hot man meter. Now the fun begins because it was just boring this whole entire hour. Now we have to pick an MVP. Sean, is there an MVP this week? Um, there is, and there's one thing I just realized that I forgot to mention. Um, Paige had a Tiffany doll in her room. Tiffany from Chucky. Really? Yeah. Clear as day. I didn't, I did not notice that. I will have to go back and find that. Are you serious? Yeah, so the reason I say that is with the posters, with the Tiffany doll, like she's totally my best friend in high school. And (laughs) with uh, Rose McGowan's acting in this episode, she's above and beyond my MVP. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. 
Paige definitely deserves MVP, if anything, for that superb acting she did in this episode. I thought she did an amazing job, so she's definitely MVP this week. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's going to do it. Sean, next week we have another episode, Trial by Magic. What do you think this one's going to be about? Hmm, I think it's going to be another Paige episode. And it makes me think that Paige is going to be challenged on whether she's ready to be a witch or not. And she has to prove it in trial by combat. (laughs) Very interesting. I like that synopsis. Well, we will find out if Sean is correct next week on our new episode. We appreciate everyone for listening. And I just want to give a shout out to our patrons who are joining us in the attic for bonus content and supporting the show the way that they have. Thank you so much. And yeah, that's going to do it. Sean, say goodbye to the Charmies this week. Goodbye, Charmies, and stay indoors and stay safe.